Hey guys, this is Isaac and welcome to the Indian D2C Playbook, a podcast series where I interview direct-to-consumer brands who have built meaningful businesses over the past. Over the next 25 minutes, we will deep dive behind the screen and uncover successful playbooks of these D2C startups. If you like what you're listening, please do subscribe and watch out for our future episodes. So without further ado, let's get started. So hi listeners, uh, thanks for tuning into Indian D2C Playbook. Uh, I have Satya with me. Uh, Satya is a very well-known person for a couple of years now for me. Uh, and uh, he's the founder and CEO of Furniture Magic. And thanks Satya for joining us. Uh, shall we get started? Hey Isaac, so glad to be here. Couldn't wait. Yeah, we can get started, yes. Awesome, awesome. So, so Satya, could you tell us a bit about uh, your business. What is uh, Furniture Magic? So Furniture Magic is a hyper-local e-commerce store for furniture and furnishings. We started around late 2017 and uh, uh, this is a e-commerce store for curated products for your furniture for your home with a promise of quicker delivery to your home directly. So uh, in, a, in one line it's a hyper-local e-commerce store for furniture and home furnishings. Got it. Got it. So, so would I consider it like uh, the Swiggy for ordering furniture? Yes, this that's exactly what we're trying to do. Um, uh, in furniture, uh, the biggest problem is like uh, there's no demand forecasting of what products need to be made. So we in event in in eventuality, we want to reach to a place where we kind of know these are the products that have higher demand and this is better to be produced first. And for the customer, it's like a swiggy for furnitures. You can order whatever you want because we have the inventory of what is residing in Chennai. We kind of know what products are available for what stock and what price. Hmm. Got it. Got it. And uh, uh, how did you come up with this idea, Satya? And was there any inspiration behind it? Yeah, uh, Isaac, uh, to just summarize, like I had quit Wipro in 2000. 14 and I came to my shop. Uh, we are a traditional timber business for the last 95 plus years. So we have always been a D2C brand in offline retail. And there I was uh, sitting there for a year. I realized like we weren't offering much differentiation with the next store. Uh, it was all a, a perfect competition kind of a place where we sell timber and glass and mica and all affiliated construction products. Mm. Uh, that's when I realized I had to do something different. So then I thought like, why don't I start something online? Because that was the trend that was where things were moving. And with the Indian uh, customer getting their hands on the mobile and the smartphones was very exciting times. So that's when I decided let's get the enablement of all the products online and then we'll go from there. And mm. in 2017 end, like, I kind of wanted to try an online to offline model where like you kind of search for a product and you know which store it was present at and then you can probably visit the store and then buy it from there. So we tried this model for six months, but we couldn't establish a proper attribution of when the sale was happening. Uh, and then we had to pivot to Furniture Magic, a pure online e-commerce play. Uh, that's when we decided like this and the moment we get got it started like we started getting inquiries and everything and 
we we realized this was a better market to serve than the online to offline at that point of time and we had to be alive as well so <laughs> so we we uh, chose to be the pure e-commerce play back then got it got it so it makes a lot of sense uh, so if, if i could summarize that you started as a marketplace sort of thing uh, yeah. connecting the uh, online to offline catalog discovery right and then yeah. uh from there based on experience and things didn't work out uh you had to move into a uh solely owned uh, uh furniture magic right so when when was furniture magic started then like when was the when was the move towards your uh, proprietary owned uh, uh, uh you know commerce right so this was in 2018 april may this was when we started the proper e-commerce play mm-hmm. and uh a lot of uh, interest from the networks initially that we had built with then so there were a lot of companies that we had worked with uh, along the way there were a lot of startups that were looking for furniture and that's when we slowly started to see traction hmm. and uh, this was in june 2018 so it's it's been almost two and a half years now so hmm. almost got it got it makes a lot of sense and and what was the major uh, decision behind this shift so uh, you said uh, you know you had a uh, you know open system of finding catalogs finding furnitures nearby uh, to right. owning the entire experience through a commerce platform so what was the rationale behind that yeah so uh, initially when we started we realized people were starting their discovery of furniture online meaning people went on their phones quickly typed in something because furniture is also a highly uh, differentiated market where like uh, you have so many products for the same price range and you're unable to choose so mm-hmm. we wanted to actually help people simplify their process of finding the best furniture for them mm-hmm. and that is when the uh, uh, concept of uh, online and online to offline popped up in our heads and we thought like it really made sense to uh, help the customer figure out what's present in the city before mm-hmm. making the journey to a store can we help them find the product and then make that journey towards the store mm-hmm. unfortunately what happened was like uh, when people went there and the store owner had to establish some kind of attribution with us and the indian customer went there and bargained a lot uh, which was uh, i i did foresee that but it came to an extent where uh, we couldn't derive a suitable revenue model for us to be in the game mm-hmm. so because we didn't have enough skin in the game and it was out of 10 uh sales that were happening eight of it wouldn't get attributed we realized we had to pivot and that is how we moved to the pure on e-commerce play got it got it and for this e-commerce play that you are in today right furniture magic yeah. uh selling e-commerce in a hyper local fashion uh for furnitures uh what what was the trends that you see in the market what were that maybe some signals that eventually led you to build this furniture magic online right that's a great question isaac so uh, when i talk to a lot of people about like selling furniture online they quickly come back to you with a couple of names they recall from the market say it a pepper fry or an urban ladder and that's when you have to realize what what space we are in and uh, what is our niche primarily right so the biggest problem with that pepper fry or an urban ladder were, were having in that time was uh the way in which the products were getting manufactured like urban ladder was a brand that was completely owned by them and 
uh, they started to decide what products to show to the customers and they wanted to curate the product catalog to a very minimalistic set whereas pepper fry was an open marketplace like with so many vendors right so in essence like there was there were two different problems hanging around in these marketplaces but both of them had a common problem of time so when i place an order uh, on pepperfry or an urban ladder it will take eventually uh, two weeks to 15 days to see my product being delivered to my home and we felt that that was a huge times timeline that the customer couldn't afford certain times like uh, when you're looking at customized products when you like a particular product very much yes you're ready to wait but if it's a very a simple product that you're looking for something that you liked seeing on the web and if it took you two weeks to deliver like we thought like that that wasn't the kind of experience that a customer wanted so we believe that the same products more or less 90 percentage of products what we saw on pepper fry or an urban ladder was already present in the market and it was just that we needed to enable the discovery of these products online and hence furniture magic was born like we knew uh, where these products were present at and we knew that we could enable this for discovery quickly. And we also knew that the returns is something that we could handle. A lot of these marketplaces, like if you look at uh, uh, the entire customer experience, the, uh, if a product came to your house and if you're not able, to, if, you, if you didn't like it and if you wanted to return it, then it took another 15 days to reach the marketplace uh, mm-hmm. warehouse. And then from there, they had to decide if this was like, okay to be refunded or something and the decision the turnaround time was very bad this left a very bitter experience to a lot of people whereas in if it's a hyperlocal marketplace like you can actually make quicker decisions which will, which will enable a better customer experience so this is the niche that we thought we needed to be in we understood that we were far ahead of our contemporaries on those days and we made use of this got it got it so super interesting and uh, uh, so so where are you right now uh, uh, satya with furniture magic how big is the brand today right so so thankfully uh, uh, we did even during covid we were able to prove that the hyperlocal model worked best and um, we we reached a 5 crore gmv within the three quarters of this year like uh, so for us like to to have grown like 3x uh, over the past year, uh, within being bootstrapped, mm. we feel proud as a team today. Uh, with a team of nine people, we were able to accomplish this, and uh, wow. it answered a lot of questions that we had. Like to get validated uh, uh, by the customers themselves was super exciting to see as well. Got it. Got it. Uh, super. Uh, that that numbers and the the validation that you've got uh, even during COVID where most of the brands were seeing a headwind effect you were seeing a tailwind effect right so it kind of accelerated the need for right. custom furnishers and uh, right and and i think uh, uh, i think some uh, you started while 2000 late 2017 but covid yeah. hit during 2020 but you had had that persistence to continue that and I think 2020 was a gift for you, right? To see yes. results, right? Uh, well said, Isaac. We were we were there ready for the event to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, great, great. Awesome. So, um, Satya, uh, would love to share, take a little more from your experience on, uh, you are building a direct-to-consumer brand, right? So, uh, you are 
in front line talking to these customers you own the experience you own the relationship so what are the benefits that you see in being a direct to consumer brand it's a great question and i and i think in essence this will summarize the whole podcast series for a lot of people listening in uh we've all been tuned to great experiences from online marketplaces like amazon where you quickly order something you get it delivered on prime uh and you if you don't like it you are entitled to get it refunded like you can just quickly press a button to get it returned so these are great things that the online marketplaces have given us now compare it to the offline brands who are still struggling for a good customer experience a lot of furniture uh stores uh have literally like a 0 to 10 percentage after sales service right and we realize that like the entire experience itself if there is somebody who can actually collate all these orders together and properly deliver the products to the customers and still take care of the customer tickets or in servicing or anything that could actually lead to a greater customer experience for the end customer who doesn't at the end of the day really care if he bought it through this or that he at the end of the day if there is a problem he needs a place to go to and that is why people still prefer to buy on amazon or flipkart where they still have those options available but there's a huge 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 a tectonic difference between buying from the offline and the online stores and we believe we can actually solve the problem for the furniture industry in essence what we have done is like we have realized whenever there is a problem we have said like hey on the click of a button we can actually come and help you mm-hmm. we will listen to you we have a turnaround time for getting this fixed and that is exactly what the customer has been tuned to as an experience and i'm sure like only these kind of brands can actually grow into the next decade not the other ones will definitely at one point of time get get lost in the race and that is only due to the customer experience so the benefits of going direct to consumer you have to understand what a customer wants today and no after knowing what to do for them like you have to figure out the system to enable that for them got it for super insightful satya and uh, i think this is going to benefit a lot of users who are building d2c brands uh, one of the important pieces that i see that is many start the d2c brand they run it for some years and uh, they scale it to some extent right they might have started as a small boutique instagram shop right and then right. launch it in a shopify store and from there uh, build a brand build a customer base uh, all these things happen but uh, what are the some of the challenges that you see when you grow to a brand today you are a 5 crore brand uh, and and you are growing like i i think 5 crore per quarter right so you're growing quite well uh, year on year so uh, what from your experience in being the uh, climbing the hill to some extent what are some of the challenges that you see in growth and expansion of a d2c business it's a good question as well isaac so uh, i felt like uh, deciding how quickly to scale as a bootstrapped company that you are a, that you have a gift to actually decide when to scale and how fast to scale um i have realized that like the challenges of every city is different so for example if i wanted to replicate the same model of furniture magic in another city uh, let's say cochin i'm sure the people's choices in cochin is going to be really different the the end customers expectation in terms of the product differentiation is going to be really really different and 
this is the biggest challenge that a lot of horizontal or the vertical commerce sites are facing they they can bring up a product range which might only cater to a particular segment of people right so i think the ch- biggest challenge is like deciding when to scale and if you're ready to scale to another city can you figure out like an early set of adopters in a particular city can you understand what let's say i'm going to cochin can i understand what kerala's houses look like mm. that has been the challenge for us and that is obviously come with the results of us not scaling too big at this time like we wanted to get into cochin we wanted to get it into bangalore uh, but we still realized like hey can we solve all the problems in this place first and then as we go to the other cities it should be at least easier for us to cope up with the changes right so i think this is one of the biggest challenges the other unspoken challenges of the tax compliances when we move to different cities as well so that is something that we should not really uh, let our uh, chins down when we see some challenges on the tax compliances part how do you i think we have to talk to our auditors and people and get the uh, uh, respective compliances in place before we grow and you know uh, expand to another city so for us like the challenges um, around understanding customer preferences when we grow to the next city got it got it uh, makes a lot of absolute sense right i think uh, not many b2c commerce uh, might have the same problem as you because they might be selling national or that they might true. be selling a single products uh, few skus uh, in different uh, commerce platforms uh, but uh, yeah for companies which are very much focused on localization and i i learned a new word from you the localization preference of your customers and that's where you also stand out right building a d2c brand yes it's it's actually the we 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 all figure out the logistics of going direct but it's the consumer which we have to focus on too deep enough to actually understand their preference uh, a furniture in from chennai would be completely different from a furniture of preference of a customer in kochi versus rajasthan right so uh i think you are taking the business in the right direction uh from from what i see uh and uh, and and also one thing that i learned from your uh insights is that uh you mentioned that you know you should decide really when to scale right so it's a it's basically an anti scaling mindset right so people think okay i've grown a business to maybe generating 800 lakhs 1 crore per year revenue but suddenly they right. they try to think that okay now it's just pe- pressing the pedal and can i push right. more gas to the engine and i can can i grow faster but it's also right. uh, thinking it out in different sense like why do i need to scale what is 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 understanding more customer preferences an important objective at this time right i i see also right. a trend that most of the d2c brands are family owned boutique owned uh, you know uh, they they generate good enough 5 to 8 10 lakhs of revenue a month and uh, sometimes it's actually okay to continue that right so uh, right. right and uh, if you are bootstrapping like like what you said it's like absolutely makes sense right so so i think uh, uh, that preference and choice is also something that as entrepreneurs you have to make uh, and it's a it's a very very important call uh, whether do you really Uh, want to scale or are you ready to scale right so i think right. uh, uh, yeah thanks for opening up that conversation satya uh, definitely i 
and and there's no I, I wouldn't say like every business shouldn't do this but everybody has to just soul search and figure out if that's the best thing for them got it got it super so i have one question for the very very uh, new uh, d2c entrepreneurs right so okay. the, the guys who are just starting up uh, they may be working in another company they are uh, trying to build a uh, instagram brand or a commerce brand out of it uh, so could you share some insights on your early set of customers right how did you acquire them where did you find them and why did they start buying from you that is a great question again isaac so um, probably the most asked question to a lot of entrepreneurs who are a little bit uh, into this journey uh, i think uh, because we were hyper local we had to figure out like simple solutions that work for us so facebook groups the hyper local groups in chennai i mean all the groups in chennai uh, were initially that's where we started posting our products we started showing like what is the cost of this product what is it available for today mm. and and we initially took the pain of figuring out what this audience here might like so uh, we we did not put up the very high priced items over here we we just put up some good looking antique furniture from indonesia and the mm. first customer her name was kailvi i i still remember when the order came in mm. and she said she couldn't find this product anywhere and it was a simple uh, it was a cloth stand and it was a beautifully carved product that the customer couldn't find anywhere else and she was willing to take the trouble of ordering with a website that she has not heard about from and that's when we realized like if you are able to show your customer something that they haven't seen and they're ready to take the money out of their pocket and give it to you these hyper local marketplaces like i mean like uh, facebook all these uh, instagram groups and all these places this is a minefield to actually get orders from and that's where we started to get our early set of customers not through our website actually so we had to figure out where to position our site in front of right so and that's when facebook groups helped us a lot and eventually what we did is like we built a small community called chennai furniture market which was a very it it didn't have the brand name furniture magic on it but we kind of created a, a small group of people and it grew to about like 3000 people in chennai at that point of time uh, even though we don't actively continue to use it but that was the starting days until we started getting recognized this was a place where we started to show not only from us there were other products from other vendors too we curated the marketplace we just held it for some time and we started building up some conversations within the group right so i think that was very important super important for us at that point of time to get our early set of customers nice nice uh, those are good organic pointers uh, satya uh, more than i was worried we will you will mention a few paid channels but uh, you, you took a lot of organic route there uh, posting in facebook groups building a community these are all something that entrepreneurs can invest in time right so if you don't have money then you have time obviously so so i think uh, uh, this is going to be and i said like sorry to interrupt like uh, even until now uh, the entire amount for facebook adverts that we have spent is about 6000 bucks that's the that's the total amount that we have spent i'm not saying it's good or bad like we have stuck to this way of like figuring out how we can do the how can we do the most from the little we have so we have always referred on prefer, preferred referrals over uh, a mass marketing strategy when it came to marketing so that's where that's where we have always come from and that's 
I think it's in once it's ingrained into your mindset, it's very hard to yeah. change it as well. Yeah, and and uh, one more thing that I learned from your conversation is that furnitures are usually uh, experience buying, right? It's not that you're buying right. actually a product; you're actually buying the experience, right? right? So I think uh, in experiences, you're you're in a very lucky spot when you're building a when you're when you're selling experiences. People remember experiences for a longer time, right? So even the furnitures. or the products actually could fade away but people remember that and word of mouth happens a lot right so i think uh, but to nail that you have to have an extremely customer centric support right so uh, in terms right. of giving the best experience so i think uh, instead of you know thinking about acquisition can i have more uh, rec- referrals right so from my existing right. customers i think those are good pointers from what i uh, listen to you Great. Uh, so, uh, Satya, I have two more questions. Last two more questions. Uh, what sure, is the right. uh, vision of uh, Furniture Magic uh, today? Like, uh, what's your vision looking like? Thanks for asking that, Isaac. Like, it also helps us to state that uh, to everybody who's been here. Like, uh, we want to enable an omni-channel impact. So, we are in a very interesting time of like the retail marrying the. Uh, the offline retail and the online retail getting married to one another like in every platform be it an ott versus a cinema be it a restaurant offline restaurant versus a swiggy zomato kind of thing so uh we feel that like we want to make an impact on the retail furniture industry and we want to enable and support the entire ecosystem so when we realized that we were getting recognized a lot of furniture stores uh were against us like going against uh, so the exact distributors who were giving it to us uh were also giving it to furniture stores so they started boycotting they said like if you are going to supply to furniture magic then i will not probably take products from you so this was a big barrier that we realized like all the people in the ecosystem needed an a uh, digital onboarding platform as well and that has led to another company along the way we have built cello uh, which is a p2b a retail merchandising solution a saas solution for all these retail stores where they can quickly put up their products online and also sell to their existing customers and also quickly procure products from the market if they understand what is present where is it present and how quickly can they get their hands on this can kind of become an endless sale solution for all their walk-in customers today so i i i think like the vision is to build a proper omnichannel impact for this retail furniture industry rather than just putting ourselves as an online platform or as an offline enabler so we want to be the enabler for this furniture retail industry itself i think got it got it awesome way to put it and my last question is uh, there are a lot of p2c entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast uh, do you have a piece of advice for entrepreneurs in india who are building d2c brands <laughs> right thanks isaac so uh, i i just feel like it's finding your niche in that particular segment i i shouldn't i i should just tell you like don't take too much notice on what the competition is doing just focus on your customers and if you believe that's a niche that uh, that can really be a big value add, add on to your customer i think you should pursue it and the biggest learning that i've had is like you don't need a website right away to start everything so uh, one of the key things is like and i've also learned that from you guys is that like you just need to value add even without a website 
can you do that today with the ivr systems that are available can you just value add without having to go online and then the online channel is just a uh, is an add on to the existing repository that you have so uh, e-commerce companies yes but first figure out the business and then you can build from there so that's my single piece of advice for all those who have been listening here today awesome awesome thanks satya this has been super helpful and uh, and and more for me as well as the listeners as well uh, i can bet on it and uh, i wish you all the luck with uh, furniture magic and in building this omni channel experience uh, along the way and uh, uh, and and wish you all the luck as well thank you thank you so much isaac it was a pleasure being here thank you